Welcome to The Grind, a podcast about the church planting process and missional strategies to make disciples of all nations. Coming to you from the offices of the Arkansas Baptist State Convention in Little Rock, Arkansas. Now, here are your hosts, Dave McClung and Chad Grigsby. Welcome back to another episode of The Grind podcast. I am flying solo this time because Chad and Jessica Grigsby have introduced a new baby Grigsby to the world. Uh, Hayes Grigsby is uh, um, making them sleep deprived and joyous all at the same time. <laughs> so <laughs> they are doing well. Baby's doing well. Jessica's doing well. And uh, he'll be back joining me uh, here shortly on the next couple of episodes. But we wanted to do kind of a, a special episode to highlight some of the things from the uh, recent Arkansas Baptist State Convention annual meeting, and we're hoping to do a whole lot more recording than we did and forgot how busy those meetings can be. And so we do have a couple of snapshots of uh, interviews with some guys that attended our Young Leaders panel and uh, that we did on Monday of the Pastors Conference and got some uh, good uh, thoughts and takeaways from them from that panel. Uh, the whole ABSC annual meeting was a great time, always a great time. Time to, to get to see pastors and friends from all over the state, uh, hear some good preaching. Uh, pastors Conference was really good. Uh, our own Willie Jacobs uh, dropped the hammer and uh, did a great job uh, preaching there and uh, had an incredible uh, church planning dinner Monday night uh, to be able to look across that 160, 170 uh, person crowd and see such a diverse picture of church planting in Arkansas it was an incredible, incredible night to hear some amazing testimonies of what God is doing in some of our church plants across the state. Uh, was 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 a great time and uh, and really a highlight of the convention uh, for us. And uh, my buddy Sam Roberts did a fantastic job of uh, moderating and facilitating the. Uh, the annual meeting this year, he still has not forgiven uh, Gary Hollingsworth for leaving Emanuel Baptist Church and going to South Carolina. So Gary, if you hear this, uh, Sam's got it out for you. You owe him. And uh, we love you though and miss you. And so, uh, but uh, great time uh, all around, uh, exhausted when we got through and sick as a dog uh, after we got through. We got to spend the weekend sick on the couch. And so that was a, a great way to cover from the, the ABS annual, ABSC annual meeting and uh, um, uh, we'll be ready to go again next year. So we wanted to kind of highlight some things that uh, out of the Young Leaders panel, uh, just to frame the conversation and tell you what this was. For the last uh, four years, I guess, um, we decided to do a panel discussion that would address some topics uh, for young leaders, pertinent to young leaders. Uh, involve some young leaders in those panel discussions to, to hear perspectives uh, as well as to, to create an environment where uh, our young leaders can be encouraged and challenged. And, and so uh, we've done this for the last four or five years, I guess. And, and I think this year was, was probably one of the best we've had. Um, I think there are about 100 people in there in the room. And uh, we had Wyman Richardson from Central Baptist Church in North Little Rock, 
uh, John McCallum, pastor at First Baptist Church in Hot Springs, uh, Neil Scoggins, uh, who's on our church planning team, as uh, Uncle Neil, as you will know him uh, from the podcast, uh, also planting City of Refuge Church in Little Rock, uh, Jeremy Sullivan, who is a pastor of uh, Compass Church in Batesville, and then Kyle Reno, uh, who planted Summit Church in Conway. Those, those guys made up the panel, uh, did an incredible job, and, and the topic for this year was uh, the challenges of a, a pastoral culture or a ministry culture. Um, over the last uh, couple of years, we've seen some pretty high-profile, uh, prominent Christian leaders, uh, either such as Mark Driscoll, Darren Patrick, uh, get fired from their churches because of pastoral, uh, quote-unquote, uh, pastoral authority abuses. Uh, uh, or we've seen Perry Noble, who struggled with some alcohol to cope with some of the difficulties and challenges of the ministry culture at New Spring. And then most recently, Pete Wilson uh, at uh, Cross Point Church in Nashville stepped down just absolutely exhausted uh, with nothing left to give, uh, according to his uh, statement to the church. And, and really just kind of sparked uh, an idea and uh, a topic of, of how do we deal with some of the pressures of ministry culture? How do we handle uh, the uh, the challenge that challenges that are thrown our way in in responding to either both realistic and unrealistic expectations uh, from our people that we're we're called to to shepherd and, and pastor and lead, uh, as well as realistic unrealistic expectations personally uh, for ourselves. Uh, where do we go for encouragement and accountability? How how do you create those uh, buffers around you. You know, where do you go to get that encouragement to to help you fight another day? Where do you go to the people that will look you in the eye and know when you're lying to them and and will call you on the carpet for it? Uh, do you have those people? You know, what does a typical work week look like, and how do you maintain balance and margin for your life, uh, personal life, family, uh, ministry, uh, physical health? personal spiritual development, prayer life, all, all of those kind of things. And this was kind of spurred on by, by these high-profile pastors being either stepping down or being removed from the churches, some that they planted. Um, we did an interview, podcast interview, on the alcohol issue in SBC Life for the Arkansas Baptist News Magazine a few months ago. And the, the guy that was hosting that podcast and interviewing myself, Chad Grigsby, and Paul Hudson of One Church in Conway, asked me the question that uh, has really just kind of hung with me since then and kind of haunted me a little bit. Uh, he, he asked the question, he said, in, in a typical SBC church, if a pastor is struggling with a particular issue, do you believe he has the freedom to express and share that struggle with his church? And my immediate was, response was absolutely not. Um, in most of our churches, we do not have that kind of high trust culture where the pastor can be vulnerable and uh, broken to. Um, he, he's supposed to have all the answers. He's supposed to be there for everybody else. And the reality is sometimes when he needs others, uh, it's really hard for him to open up and express that uh, to receive the, the blessings of being part of the church body uh, that he so richly gives to to others. And so that has just haunted me. And I thought this would be a great topic for us to discuss and kind of unpack with this panel. And the guys did an incredible job on the panel. Uh, all of the guys had some kind of 
um, uh, as, as a buddy of mine said the other day, all of them dropped some gold on us. <laughs> uh, there's so many great quotable quotes that we heard throughout the panel. And so we're going to share a couple of snapshots with you, or a few snapshots with you of some guys that were in the the audience for the panel, and then we're a part of the panel. Some takeaways they each had, and want to give you just a taste of what that panel was like. And then maybe next year, uh, some of you guys listening can join us for that, uh, as we'll do it again next year at the next ABSC annual meeting at First Baptist Church in Russellville, 2017. So take a listen, and then we'll come back and unpack a little bit. Right now, I've got the illustrious Joey Cook, pastor of City Church Conway, with me. What's up, Joey? What's going on, Dave? <laughs> How the heck are you? I'm good. You know, they really hold you off back here in this corner, but it's quiet. I it like is. It's one it of the few quiet places in the building. I said, does anyone know where to find Dave McClung? He said, no, but if you listen long enough, I guarantee you, you'll hear him laugh. <laughs> yeah. That's a good way to be known. It is. It I'm is. okay with that description. I'm, I'm perfectly okay with that oh, description. It's awesome to be here, man. Yeah. Yeah, we are uh, tucked away in kind of the back corner of the gym in a hallway to uh, to kind of get a little bit of quiet in a very busy place. And yes. so uh, yes. uh, so it's all good, man. We're, we're set up nicely here. And so so we just finished uh, our first event of the, the ABSC annual meeting with our Young Leaders panel and talked a lot about... Uh, kind of the challenges of a pastoral culture and how to maintain healthy balance in life, family ministry, how to prevent burnout, how to deal with uh, unrealistic expectations, both personally and and corporately. And so, so we're going to kind of just interview several guys that were in that in that panel discussion and uh, kind of hear what they heard and what they're taking away from that uh, and things that can help other church planners as well as we think through our own church cultures uh, that, that God is developing. And so, so Joey, give me a, give me a big takeaway from, from the panel and kind of what you heard and what was helpful to you. Yes. Well, first of all, let me say it was just an honor to be a part of of something I know y'all put so much effort into. And we were able to bring a pretty good team down from Conway and be a part. And uh, we did we basically did live tweeting, except not tweeting on our group me. And so we had people put like, hey, what got what's God speaking to you in real time through this? And I've never seen a group texting application move so quickly. <laughs> so that was the kind of quality I feel like that the panel, to hear from guys who some had been doing it their whole lives, that right. they were, were twice my age plus, right. uh, to, to uh, some younger guys who are really on the front lines doing it. Just so encouraging uh, for me, for my team. The level of transparency on that panel was wonderful. Yeah. Um, I, I felt like you guys really modeled something that we're all trying to model on the front lines in our own local context. And here you guys are just kind of peeling back the layers and being honest. And so it was uh, wildly useful yeah. for our team. Good. Absolutely. Yeah. So give me kind of the one nugget that, or two, maybe two that uh, somebody said, or just an encouraging word, a challenging word that you're taking away saying, man, this was, this was just gold. Uh, Absolutely. Well, a lot was said on the issue of transparency and, and the longing for transparency from the pulpit on behalf of the people, but in a culture that, that was maybe frowned upon. And, yeah. and as one gentleman put it, the leader is simply called to be the first repenter. Yeah. And I thought, what a beautiful statement. If I don't hear anything else at the ABSC, to go back and to know that it is my calling 
to model a lifestyle of repentance. Yeah. Uh, and that's so hard for us to do as church planners and pastors because we want to, we want everyone to think we've got it all together, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, and so they want to come and hear more of us, right? Yeah. And But to hear that, it, and, and honestly, David, just took the weight off my shoulders Yeah. to go, it's okay to mess up with your kids. And in fact, when we're honest about that with others, uh, it actually leads others to do the same. Um, another thing that I heard that was just so wonderful is uh, one of the guys on the panel was talking about our gladness to God. Um, so many times, I think, in, um, in, in, in pastoring and planning, we start with our gratitude for what we get to do rather than that gladness for what Jesus did in our lives. And so when we continue to walk lives with intimacy, as Pastor John was saying, uh, just because you're walking with Jesus doesn't prevent you from burnout. Right. The right. two are mutually exclusive. Right. And what beautiful piece of wisdom from a man who's been there and done that. But... But I can tell you this, without walking with Jesus, we're on a fast track to burnout. That's right. And so we start there and we become we, we realize our gladness in God and what he did for us and, and it is that thing that births everything that we do and say in ministry. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Well, I, I tell you, we're going we're going to hear from uh, several other guys uh, from that panel as well, and uh, uh, you know, just so many good things said uh, that were encouraging and challenging. And so, Joey, thanks for coming and hanging Absolutely. out. Absolutely, good to be here. Right. Thanks, Dave. All right, see you, man. All right, well, we just heard from Joey Cook from City Church in Conway, and now we have Jeremy Sullivan, my buddy from Compass Church in Batesville. Say hi, Jeremy. Hey, Dave. How are you? <laughs> I almost said hi, Jeremy, but I know everybody says that when, <laughs> yeah. when you no, ask that. You're, you're only the second one so far, so <laughs> okay. if you were ever going to do it, that, was it. that would have been the time to do it, and you now. just blow your chance. So, uh, you know, uh, there there are some big regrets in life, and that will be one of it's yours, one of I'm sure. <laughs> one of them. All right, we're going to continue talking about just what we heard from the Young Leaders panel. Things were taken away. Jeremy was actually a panelist uh, for us and uh, shared uh, some of his experiences and how he's dealing with the challenges of pastoral culture as well. Uh, but we're asking everybody, you know, uh, what uh, what's the one takeaway or two takeaways, whether encouraging or challenging, that, that you heard uh, during during the time. So, Jeremy, what, what you got? Well, one thing that I was thinking through the, the whole thing that's that's important is I think as pastors, we need to kind of reclaim our place in community. So when we talk about things we can share with the church and not share with the church, I think a lot of times we think of ourselves in the front of the church, in the pulpit role, and there are certain things you, you probably can't share there, right? but you might could share in your living room with a small group or with a missional community. right? And so I think a lot of of the uh, the deficiencies we've experienced, a lot of the the stuff that as pastors we've needed but haven't had has been missing because we haven't put ourselves in that context. So I think in in our church, I think about these layers. You know, I have some friends, some some close personal friends, some people that I'm going to vacation with and things like that. And then I have the crowd, and I, I really do want to care about those people. I want to care about all of them. I want to know as many of them as I can. Right. But I'll never really know them all. They'll never really know me. In between those two things, the, the close friends and the crowd, what I need is a group. So in our, in our church, we call those missional communities. And I've found that when I, when I get in that setting, uh, we host it at our house usually. When those people are over at our house, I don't mind telling that group of 15 or 20 people or whatever, um, would you guys pray for me? Because we've felt stretched lately. We've felt thin. We've yeah. it's been a busy season. It's been all of this kind of stuff. 
and in that setting, it's I think there's a little bit more uh, security to do that than there would be in the big, you know, from the pulpit setting. Right. Well, and I think several of the guys on the panel talked about, you know, there are just some things that it's just not appropriate to share in a large setting like that because of how it could be used and yeah. how people would misinterpret. They don't have the context. There's not time for great embellishment, you know, but, but we all have to have that somebody that can both encourage us and uh, shoot us straight yeah. and tell us when we're, we're getting out of line and whether that happens in a community group or you have it in, a, you know, some accountability buddies, you know, outside the church, mm-hmm. I think it's good to have both inside and outside people that you can talk to and process all of that. I think we've all seen uh, and maybe done it ourselves, these these men in ministry who isolate themselves too much from yeah. other people, yeah. sort of the, the Pope figure or the CEO that you would never dare sit with or whatever. And so we all know that that's one extreme the other way. But as the as one of the pastors... There, there is a degree of transparency that's appropriate with the crowd and not appropriate with the crowd. Yeah, I think if you even look at the life of Jesus, when Jesus is facing his own death and he goes to the garden, he asks a select number of men to come pray with him. Yeah, it isn't. He doesn't ask the mass, the right. crowd. He doesn't pull them aside right. and say, "Hey, will you?" Um, and so I, there's, I think there's something to that that the people that God has put closer to you can see a bit more of you than the then the next tier back and the next tier back. And so yeah. trying to figure that out as a pastor, how much uh, transparency is appropriate and how much um, would undercut what you're trying to do there yeah. is, is yeah. challenging. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So church planners, here's, here's the challenge for you. You've got to have some people that you can be real with, both inside and outside the church. And so be thinking through, who are those people? Who, who are those people that will be encouragers to me that I can go to when, when I just need, I need a word of encouragement? Uh, and we all should have those people. But we also have to have those people that know us so well that, that they can tell when we're lying and we're not sharing the whole truth. And that will keep that in confidence and, uh, and, and will tell us the truth. And so, so there's a word for you and a challenge for you, church planners. Figure out who those people are and cling to them. Awesome. Thanks, Jeremy Sullivan, for joining us on The Grind. All right, round number three on debriefing the Young Leaders Panel. Uh, We've got Hayes Howell with us, a campus minister at Williams Baptist College in all his glory. Say hey. (laughs) Hey. (laughs) He's a man of many words there. (laughs) Yeah, I try to keep it short. Yeah, and looking mighty dapper, I must say, in his coat and slacks and name tag and name tag get the name tag very professional very yeah. professional representing my alma mater uh, quite well absolutely at Williams Baptist College all right so Hayes we've been asking everybody uh, just give me one or two takeaways from the young leaders panel uh, surrounding this whole issue of challenges of pastoral culture so I think the big thing is it's kind of one of those duh statements that you know but it's really how important your personal walk with the Lord is in your ministry yeah and how uh, I think a lot of times we, and I'm guilty of this as well, separating out our personal time with the Lord and our ministry time and how, uh, man, our walk with the Lord is where we get our vision, which then drives our calendar and drives everything we do and drives our family time. And if we if we neglect that, then we're neglecting to get fed from the Lord what we're actually doing. Um, and so I think another thing that was really, really 
impacted me was how important, honestly, it is that w- the way we approach criticism. And this comes from the statement you made at the end, Dave, where you talked about in every criticism there's a kernel of truth. And, man, criticism is going to come. It's, right. a, it's a fact of life right. in, in ministry or not ministry. And so um, I have a really good friend who says in every joke there's a little piece of truth. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah. um, how important it is that, you know, you, you take that and you actually learn from whatever the truth is and then, you know, you, you throw away the husk and don't let that affect you. Yeah. And so, now you've been on staff at a church in Jonesboro, and now you're on staff at a, a college, university setting. Uh, so how how have the challenges of you've gone from a, a real life pastoral culture to more of a collegiate kind of ministry culture? Mm-hmm. What are the similarities, changes that you've seen jumping from one to the other? Well, the, the cool thing is, I feel like the vision God's given me for ministry is wherever I am. So right. like it, it carried. Um, so so the vision I feel like God had given me while I was on staff at Journey is still the same vision. It's just a different context. Um, but I think the challenges are uh, where a lot of time. I don't know if it's a challenge, but one of the differences is, you know, when I was dealing with adults in the church world, man, a lot of the mistakes that you have to deal with were stuff that uh, had already been made. A lot of the consequences have failed, and people were, you're putting people back together. Right. Whereas in the college world, man, a lot of times you get to interject in the life of a student before their life collapses because <laughs> of one dumb decision. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's great. That's great. So any, any of this stuff you think apply to those college students uh, as they're really kind of charting uh, career paths and relationship paths and all of that stuff? You know, what, what would be one thing that you would say to some college students that, uh, you know, are kind of putting their lives in order uh, right now. Well, I mean, I think, you know, and we heard this from multiple people in the panel that you have to start your day with the Lord. Right. And that's a church answer. That's a that's a preacher answer. Yeah. But, man, it is so crucial, um, you know, and I, I meet with students all the time, and I'm like, hey, what do you want to do with your life? And you ask them, you know, and they're like, well, I don't really know. And, and starting your day with the Lord will be crucial in letting God lead and guide you into what he's calling you to do for the rest of your life. And, yeah. and so – you know, I, I experienced that because I didn't give my life to Christ until I was later in, in college where I went three years into a degree plan that God had n- no desire for me to go for. Yeah. And I never walked with him through that. Yeah, yeah. Awesome, awesome. All right, well, there's Hayes Howe, the man, the myth, the legend uh, <laughs> from Williams Baptist College. Stay tuned. We'll be back with some more guys reflecting on our Young Leaders panel and the challenges of pastoral culture uh, here shortly. Thanks, Dave. All right, now we have uh, – how do, how do I describe the two gentlemen sitting in front of me? Uh, we have the illustrious Thomas Sewell and the magnanimous Wyman Richardson mm. from Central Baptist Church in North Little Rock. Say hello, fellas. Howdy. Hello. <laughs> the one who sounds like a deep-throated cowboy are, is Thomas, and the – well, the other one is Wyman. So, uh, <laughs> what do I sound like? I don't. I'm not quite sure. How do I describe that? An alien <laughs> choking a cat. I, I don't know. That, sound, that sounds great. Yeah. I, I, I like that. I was going with Carl Bart, but that'll do. Well, okay. Nobody that listens to this podcast knows who Carl Bart is. <laughs> so, thank you. All right. Hey. So, once again, we, we're just interviewing guys who were Wyman was a part of the 
Young Leaders panel we just finished, and Thomas was a, a marginal participant. I mean, uh, that's, that's about right. listener. That's about right. uh, he was in and out, you know, of consciousness throughout the, the event. So, uh, so uh, we're just asking uh, everybody, you know, what what would be your one or two takeaways from the panel? Uh, something you heard that said, "Oh, that was really encouraging," or "Man, that was that was really challenging." Yeah, from the perspective of being on the panel, uh, something that struck me was just the, um, I think I think I'd almost say the solidarity of the um, the solidarity of the ministry. I mean, there's there really is a kind of shared common experience. The body language of the participants, the knowing nods. Um, you really, you really do speak a particular language when you're in the trenches of ministry, yeah. and um, and and that that's comforting. I mean, it's comforting to know that you're not on some weird island by yourself. What you're going through, everyone in that room is going through in some some way or another. Yeah, and uh, that's that's a great comfort to me personally. Yeah, absolutely, Thomas. Yeah, for me, it was kind of the same thing. Um, looking at at the panel, um, you had. Uh, I guess different generations represented different cultures um, of, of of lifestyle, but then also different cultures in church. I mean, you had the um, was it First Baptist Hot Springs, I think. Mm-hmm. That's a 180 yeah. um, year old church, and, and Brother John's been there for um, however many years. Twenty one years. Twenty one yeah. years. Yeah. And then you had the church planners that were there from from younger churches and and uh, guys from different different churches from different links, and and they were all kind of had the same. Um, I guess the same need, the, the same struggles, the same um, difficulties, um, but it was neat how each one of them had different approaches to how they're handling it, some yeah. handling it better than others. Um, but that was kind of, it was, it was encouraging to, to see that um, even as a youth pastor, um, there, there are other people fighting the fight, and that, like, like Wama said, are both, they're still in the trenches and uh, struggling with the same things. So for me, it was, it was encouraging, um, and also it was equipping to see the... Um, the guys having different suggestions and ideas on, on uh, taking time off and taking time away. And, and uh, one thing that I've been convicted of lately is spending time with family. Mm-hmm. Um, oftentimes ministry kind of tends to trump um, your home, yeah. um, ministry at home. And so that's, it's been convicting me and it was uh, encouraging to see that uh, it's not just me that's yeah. So horrible at the yeah. at the balance. Yeah. Well, I take one of the things that in, in in light of that the statement was made, I think Jeremy Sullivan made it that you know, it's okay to be kind of overwhelmed for a season, but right. you don't want to turn that into a lifestyle. Yeah. And uh, we experienced that a lot in, in our family. It, my dad has always said, um, he used to do this, we had this Partners in Ministry event with new pastors and staff across the state, the ABSC, and he would come in and talk about how to have a, a long, healthy ministry. Because uh, he just celebrated his 60th year uh, from wow. his call to ministry. I mean, just mm-hmm. incredible. And uh, he, he would say all the time, he said, you can lose your, your health, your family, and your ministry. Uh, you can lose your life to this. And you know what the church is going to do the next Sunday? They're going to go get them another one. Right. And, uh, and he said, so the challenge is to have a long ministry without losing your health, your life, or your family. And uh, he's been a great example of that you know, to me uh, mm-hmm. over the years. Uh, any, anything else that stood out at you? Uh, I think the, um, I thought the panel was very transparent. Yeah. I thought there was a, a very uh, authentic vibe in the room, and everyone was very, very open. I appreciated that. Yeah, I think you go to a lot of these panel-type things, or at least you've been to some that uh, 
they seem they seem very postured. People are posturing and kind of plastic. I thought I thought everyone really opened their hearts and were were, were very uh, vulnerable. Yeah, I thought it was great. Yeah, with the exception of you, since your wife was in the room. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, a, That's a, true. A, a lot of his comments were filtered due, due, <laughs> yes. to, uh, due to the company that he had with him. That's right. I That's did right. think that facing the panel, moving right to left, the participants got more attractive. <laughs> yeah, with no. the exception of uh, yeah, with the exception of my brother over here, who was the most in the middle, was the most attractive. That's right. That's right. Yeah, Neil Scoggins Neil, is Neil, lurking yeah, in the background yeah. here. Uh, watching this as it as it goes on, and so uh, all right, awesome. Well, thanks guys for coming on for a minute and just kind of sharing what uh, what your takeaways were from the Young Leaders panel. And uh, thank you for the panel and for lunch. Absolutely, Panera Bread catered. I cooked all of it myself. Great. Thank you, Dave. And it was awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Beautiful job. <laughs> all right, thanks guys. All right, well, there's a, a few snapshots of, of what some guys uh, took away from the Young Leaders panel, both those who attended and those who were a part of the panel. And so I don't continue to drone on in my uh, meandering monologue here. I have uh, coerced uh, uh, brutally Nick Burt, our lovely <laughs> production minister, <laughs> into uh, coming and debriefing kind of the Young Leaders panel uh, snapshots with me. Say hi, Nick. Hey guys, <laughs> doesn't he sound sweet, fellas? And uh, do I still have that title, production minister? I don't know what we call you. I, I get it mixed <laughs> up every time. So uh, uh, Nick is uh, a media minister at Church at Rock Creek, as well as serving uh, on staff here with us at the ABSC, and uh, he makes people look and sound a whole lot better than they ever should uh, on their own. And so, uh, so as we kind of, uh, you know, kind of unpack and, and debrief from this this topic and this panel discussion uh, you know you got to hear several things that were takeaways for some of the guys Nick you know from from your perspective in more of a kind of secondary ministry support ministry kind of role uh, you were in there videoing as well uh, and growing up in the church you know what what are some of your takeaways some things that you heard that stuck with you I took two uh, major things away I think from the Young Leaders panel, and the first was that being a pastor is a lot harder than than it seems and that I thought it was. Um, pastors face a lot of challenges. From the outside, I think it can appear to be a very easy job, you know, that they they develop a sermon, they meet with people who are in the hospital, you know, what goes into that, but there is a lot at stake with that job. And then the other thing I took away was that there's a culture in the church that exists um, where pastors are kind of put on the pedestal, um, expected to perform at a certain level, and uh, I don't know that that's a good culture that exists, um, but I think it's one that's been developed and is there. Yeah, yeah. You know, pastors only work one day a week, yeah. so, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> and unfortunately, there are some folks that absolutely believe that. I, I have heard that. Yeah, and, and there may be some pastors that can pull that off. I've, that's never been my experience, right. and uh, and so, uh, you know, it was, it was really fun to, I got several texts and uh, follow-up comments uh, from uh, from several folks that attended the the panel, just some great takeaways, very encouraging uh, stuff. And uh, let me just run down some of these. These are some of the quotable quotes 
that uh, you know, we kind of unpack and talk about that we heard. Um, you know, one guy sent, uh, you know, find out who your encouragers are and visit them often. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, ministry can be a very lonely uh, uh, occupation sometimes, and uh, to be able to have some encouragers that you can go to uh, for that, that boost up is, is absolutely vital. Uh, you know, a bit of gold that Neil Scoggins dropped on <laughs> us was uh, talking about vulnerability and transparency. He said, uh, when you're open, uh, you're open like Waffle House, 24 right. hours a day, and, uh, and, and sometimes believe, a little greasy. Yeah, I, believe, I was going to say, I believe you added it, it was a little greasy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you've ever been to a Waffle House, it, yeah, it, it is. And, the the uh, more greasy a Waffle House is, the, the better it is. Yeah. The, yeah. New, the new Waffle Houses just don't taste as good. It's the ones that have that character, been there a while, have a, you know, a little bit something growing on the grill. That's right. Those That's are the right. good ones. That's right. You, you just doesn't get better than that. Um, you know, one of the things that Jeremy Sullivan said that has really stuck with me, I thought he was spot on with this. You know, we talk about busy seasons in life, and, and every ha- everyone has uh, those seasons that are busy. The challenge is to not let the seasons become a lifestyle to where your life becomes so busy you have no margin for family, no margin for personal spiritual growth, no margin for ministry. And, um, uh, you know, Kyle Reno talked about, you know, when you plant a church and you start out in ministry, you've got all this joy and excitement of seeing people come to Christ. And and uh, after the, the weight of ministry over the years begins to build up, sometimes you can u- lose that, that joy and that, that passion to, to walk with God and serve God and just start fulfilling a role and, and completing a function uh, without that gladness and joy. Uh, that's, a, that's a challenge uh, to all of us. Um, you know, some of the others, I was looking down through here, some of the others, uh, you know, looking at ways to, to manage the pressure, you know, that pastoral culture, um, you know, heaps on us. You know, all the guys had some, I think every one of them had some accountability partners that they talked to uh, at least once a week, once every other week. Uh, and then all of them had some encouragers inside and outside the church to unpack some of the things, um, you know, that uh, that they struggle with and wrestle with, which I thought was great. Um, you know, Kyle Reno made a comment as well and talking about transparency of the pastor to the people. Um, you know, realizing that you know, pastors make mistakes as well. And if you're the leader, that means you need to be the first repenter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that was a great comment yeah. uh, to set the example and tone for what kind of culture you want to create uh, in your church. And I think it's the, uh, the congregation's job to, to see that level of transparency um, with an open mind and an open heart and not a, a judgmental mindset that the pastor is perfect, the pastor is um, this better being, you might say, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. That, that they can live a perfect life because, I mean, everybody's a sinner, everybody makes mistakes, and the church needs to, to recognize that in a pastoral role. Um, yeah. That was one thing that, that hit me with that statement. Yeah, yeah, and all of them express that kind of vulnerability, uh, on the panel, that uh, uh, we are part of, part of the body of Christ, just like everybody else. We, we have challenges and, and issues, and I, I can sh- I can assure you, 
from from the perspective of being a, a pastor and being a pastor's kid, uh, as well as working with pastors and staff all over the state, uh, we are not a different, well, maybe a different kind of being, but not a perfect <laughs> kind of being uh, or a more elevated spiritual kind of being in, in most cases. And, uh, and so... Uh, uh, yeah, really, it's, there, there are a lot of challenges, a lot of joys, uh, in, unexplainable joys sometimes to get to see people's lives transformed and changed uh, by the power of the gospel, uh, to get to be a part of that, to, to get to see uh, kids and adults alike take a step in baptism and actually get to be a part of baptizing, to, to marry and bury. I mean, pastors walk through some of the most joyful and difficult times uh, of life with, with people and to, to be uh, allowed to share in those moments and minister in those moments is an incredible responsibility, but an incredible uh, privilege as well. And uh, Yeah, a, a pastor's job is an emotional roller coaster from the extreme high points in life to the, to the very bottom. You know, I mean, they, and they're dealing with it firsthand. Some of the stories I hear wear on me, and I couldn't imagine being in the role of that pastor in that situation. Um, and that, that brought me back to a thought. Um, I think Kyle mentioned it. One of his ways um, of handling some of that is recreating through deer hunting for him. Yeah. And I think that's important for pastors to have an outlet, um, to not feel guilty about using that outlet, and even for their congregation to encourage them in different ways. Maybe, hey, it's a, it's a rough season right now. Take a week off and go, you know, here's a gift card to go buy something new hunting accessory and go hunt for a week or something like that. I think that's a good culture to develop in a church where a church can encourage their pastor in that way by um, encouraging them to take some time, do something they like, get a fresh mindset, come back in a week with a a new look on life. And um, I think that's something for important for pastors to do. Yeah. You know, another thing we talked about, uh, and we didn't really spend a lot of time unpacking this. I'm going I'm to post a, a document that John McCallum shared with us uh, as a part of the show notes. So you can just kind of see how they do this. But several of the guys talked about uh, having sabbaticals mm-hmm. uh, and churches, their churches allowing them to take, you know, a month or two months at a time every so many years uh, just to recharge, refresh, uh, you know, really one of the only requirements is they take some of that time to do some kind of, of ministry training or uh, strengthening. And uh, uh, that that's something that's growing uh, in popularity. I think it's probably growing in necessity for a lot of our guys just to have that extended time away uh, to recharge and refresh and to come back to the ministry with a new focus and a new passion. And uh, that was encouraging to hear several of those guys talk mm-hmm. about that. And First Baptist Hot Springs, John McCallum shared uh, uh, their kind of sabbatical policy and how they go about doing that uh, with me. And I have that document. And so we'll post that as a part of the show notes because you can kind of see that. And, and uh, Yeah, in college, I actually served at a church, and that was my first experience with a pastor getting a sabbatical. Um, while I was there serving as a, a kind of a media intern, the pastor went on sabbatical. And I feel like it was good for the church and the pastor. The yeah. church got to... Um, we, they brought in a, uh, a pastor to preach for a couple of weeks to fill in while the pastor... The, the pastor was away, and it was good for the church to take on a new perspective for a little while, and it was good for the pastor to get away, clear his mind, do some studying. He did a lot of fishing, visiting with his grandkids, and when he 
came back, it was kind of like this joyful homecoming for the church and pastor coming back together. And it wasn't like the church thought, oh, you're just, you know, out there doing nothing productive at this point. And the church, um, the church was well taken care of while he was away. So I think it's important on both sides that um, the pastor's intentional about, and the church itself is intentional about making sure the church is taken care of um, and the pulpit is filled su- sufficiently while the pastor's away and that the church honors the pastor by um, letting them have that time away. Yeah. And it's good for the pastors to realize that the church can go on without them. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> it's good for the church to realize that they can go on without the pastor. Right. <laughs> it, it doesn't rise and fall with that one person. My dad always used to say, you know, talking about building longevity in ministry, he'd say, you know, you can lose your life, your health, your family, and your ministry, and the next week the church is going to go get them another one. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so, you know, he says you, you can't lose uh, your health, your family, or your ministry uh, while you're in the ministry. It's got to be proper balance and margin in place. And, and when rest is needed, rest needs to be taken. And understand that, that the church will survive, you will survive, and, and you'll be healthier for it. And so... Uh, all right. Well, there's there's a few thoughts from our young leaders panel. I uh, hope you got enough to to, to whet your appetite. We're going to post some snapshot video uh, of the panel on our uh, ABSC Church Planting website, and it'll show up on our Facebook page, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff as well. Uh, so you can catch some of that. And uh, just give you some highlights from from that panel, and uh, we'll do it again next year uh, with a new topic and a new new cast of characters, and uh, always a fun time, an encouraging time, challenging time, and so uh, so hopefully you'll be encouraged by some of those video snapshots and by the podcast today. Uh, so we're gonna kick it to Uncle Neil for story time. So listen up, kitties. It's story time with. This week's story comes from Andrew Monarchy of the Hill Church in Fayetteville, Arkansas. When starting the church, they wanted to create a missional church culture that encouraged church members to share the gospel in all rhythms of life. Recently, three college students with a heart for international students decide to purchase a four bedroom house. Their intent was to live in three of the rooms and allow an international student to live with them in the fourth room free of charge. They wanted this student to do life with them and join in conversation while being intentional about sharing the gospel. This semester, a student from Japan moved in with these students and was recently saved. These students hope to see this happen with each new school year and that these international students who return as leaders to their country take the gospel with them. We want to hear your story. Email us at thegrind at absc.org. It's called reading. Top to bottom, left to right. Group words together as a sentence. What is this? still sore I never read Moby Dick. I'm very important. You never read anything I asked you to. Uh, I have many leather-bound books. Let's look at Chad and Dave's bookshelf. All right, for this week on the bookshelf, uh, we're going to do something a little bit different, and uh, we're going to try and do uh, not just books every time. Uh, so we want to introduce you to a podcast. Some of you may have heard of it and, and listened to some uh, episodes. If not, uh, I strongly encourage you to check this podcast out. It is called Entree Leadership, and, uh, and they've had folks on there like Donald Miller, Marcus Buckingham, 
Charles Duhigg, who wrote Power of Habit, which we've recommended on the Grind podcast. Uh, Simon Sinek, who wrote Start With Why. Uh, Seth Godin, uh, numerous books. Love Seth Godin. Uh, I think his blog is one of the most uh, subscribe to blogs on the planet and, uh, just nuggets of wisdom every day. And so it's kind of a who's who of leadership. And, uh, and they talk about all kinds of different, uh, topics. The, the ones I listened to most recently were from Donald Miller and his whole story brand conversation. And, uh, I had an opportunity to hear him speak live a couple of weeks ago, uh, on on the the power of story and how stories are created and and as we're you know we have the ultimate story uh, of Jesus the salvation story you know how we tell that and, and how we communicate that to people that desperately need to hear this story and be transformed by this story uh, it was just it was just fascinating and uh, and he says there's really only uh, seven stories that are ever told. Um, and, uh, that every, every story is a variation of, of one of these seven stories. And there's really only four characters <laughs> in, in main characters in any story. Uh, the, the victim, the villain, the hero, and the guide. And, uh, I've just been fascinated by that whole conversation and, uh, you know, thinking about that in, in life and ministry and, and uh, who who kind of falls into what role and how I've seen myself in each of those roles at different different points and seasons of my life, and uh, just just fascinating conversation. And Nick, I know you've listened to those mm-hmm. this podcast as well. Uh, kind of what are your some of your takeaways and thoughts on this? It it was very uh, profound when I heard it. I I think I've thought it before, but he verbalized what kind of what I was thinking, and I think. Um, some churches and and us included in that do good and bad jobs with that. Sometimes the church is the hero, or yeah. you know. And I feel like in that in that layout, the church should fall more into the line of a guide guiding them. And then you kind of have a a two two elements of the hero. Whether you put um, the people you're trying to reach as the hero, the hero, the people in the church as heroes, and then Jesus falls in there as well as a hero at at some point. So you have to. There's a lot of different angles you can look at it from, so it's been a it's been really interesting to see how everything falls into place, especially in church life with that. Yeah, yeah, just just this is a fascinating podcast. Most of them are forty to fifty minutes in length, and so it's good drive time listening. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we recommend Entree Leadership podcast to you. So check that out, and hopefully be a, a great encouragement and challenge to you. All right. Uh, we're going to wrap up today. A uh, couple things coming up. Uh, the next few episodes, we're going to interview Dean Folks. So we've been talking about uh, this interview coming up. We had to postpone uh, one month, and we're going to pick him up with our next uh, episode. Dean is the Send City Coordinator for Columbus, Ohio, and also pastor of LifePoint Baptist Church. Uh, or Life Point Church. I'm not sure Life Point Baptist Church. It is a Baptist church, but Life Point Church in Columbus, and also the uh, illustrious Chad Grigsby's brother-in-law. And so we'll have a great time talking with him and talking about church planting in Columbus as a send city. And uh, then we're gonna we're going to uh, you're in for a treat as we're going to interview the the always funny. And uh, um, I just, there's so many superlatives to describe 
the one and only Wyman Richardson. And uh, we're going to talk about uh, uh, partnering with church plants uh, from an established church perspective and pastor's perspective, uh, some ups and downs they've experienced and partnering with church plants. So that'd be a great conversation uh, for us as well. And then uh, Tim, Chad, and I are going to get around the table again and kind of do the Essential Questions Part 2. Uh, podcast, and so that'll kind of take us through the the end of the year, and we'll we'll take a short break around Christmas, and uh, as we have some some vacation time and time off with our families, and you guys have time off with your families, and uh, won't have time to be listening to us yammer on uh, about all things church planting. So, uh, and then we'll kick back off the first of the year with some some great new stuff. And so, uh, check us out as always on Facebook, ABSC Church Planting. Uh, Twitter at AR Church Plants, uh, Instagram at ABS Church Planting Team, of course the website absc.org uh, slash team slash church planting. And then also, you know, if you want to shoot us a, a great uh, church planting story, transformation story, whatever, you can email that to us at thegrind at absc.org. And uh, always looking forward to those stories. We need always need good stories for uncle neil to tell and so uh until next time hope you guys have an incredible week and we'll join you again soon